0: Welcome to step Monsters, a podcast all about the highs and lows of step parenthood. I'm Elise, and this is Bailey. We're two friends bonded by this crazy stepmom world.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We are super excited tonight. We have teased it a little bit on Instagram, but tonight we are incredibly grateful to welcome my stepdaughter, Zoe on the podcast with us. And I have to first start out by saying she's a willing participant in this. She was a volunteer. She was not voluntold and she is really excited to be here, so welcome. Hi guys, my name is Zoe, I'm very happy to be here. And we have talked a lot about on the podcast, I mean, she she's obviously listened since, I think like what, episode two? I think I told you pretty early on, just because yeah. we don't really keep secrets between each other and I'm really bad at keeping secrets from her if I have to. So I was like, there's something really exciting that I'm doing and I want to tell you about it. So I had to tell her and of course she listened and I told her from day one, I'm like, Listen, and if there's anything that weirds you out or something funky that I say where you're like, ah, that's not cool, like, please tell me and I will happily revise. And thankfully, there hasn't been anything yet that she's been like, hey dude, that was not cool. But I do know there was a couple of people on Instagram that have asked previously, like, does your stepdaughter, does your stepson know about your podcast and do they listen? And my stepson, for context, he's he'll be 17 next week, and he could care less about anything having to do with pretty much anything except for himself at this present moment. If it doesn't involve a video game or a girl at school or something that involves his own life and what he's doing on a daily basis, he, like, pretty much doesn't care. I don't know. Am I am I off base on that? No, that's pretty accurate. Like, even my husband has a podcast and he actually does, like, video on YouTube and I think my stepson has listened to, like, maybe two episodes, but my husband's podcast, for the record, is highly offensive and, uh, not for the faint of heart. If you are interested in listening to that, it's called Ridiculously Bored, but I will, again, remind you that it's not for the easily offended. Um, so, he'll watch that on occasion, but when it comes to me talking about parenting or step-parenting, he, like, wants nothing to do with it. But a couple of people have asked, like, well, you know, how does your stepdaughter feel about it? And we've touched on that a couple of times, but I'm curious just to hear, Zoe, from your perspective and for you to tell our listeners, like, how you feel about it now, and then if you were to back up to maybe when you were your brother's age, like, 16 or 17, like, would you feel differently about it then?
2: Yeah, I actually think it's really cool that you guys are doing this because I never knew before I started listening how difficult step-parenting could be, um, because when my parents did get divorced, I was super young, and since when Bailey has been in the picture, I was also very young, so it was hard for me to grasp then what it was like being an outside influence on two young children. Bailey basically stepped into a built-in family and had to immerse herself um, in her own special way, and it's nice that now that I'm older, I can hear it from her perspective and understand how difficult it was for her. And I think I have a better appreciation for step-parents all around.
1: (laughs) I'm sure everybody loves to hear that. Would you have been upset if I would have done this when you were like, your brother's age
2: I don't think I would be upset I think I would be more so embarrassed than I am now because most of the stories that she has told about me on this podcast that have not been in the best light of my judgment um were when I was about my brother's age so I think I would be more embarrassed but now that it's been years since I've made those decisions uh we can all just laugh about it and it's just a funny conversation starter at family dinners (laughs) I mean those are like the memories that we all have like we were all teenagers once and we all did shit that we're
1: super embarrassed of, but like those are the things that make the fun stories later in life, so how could we not talk about them, right? Exactly. All right, so in preparation for this episode, of course, Elise and I have 100 questions that we want to ask you. But we also had a chance to pull our Instagram followers and have them have an opportunity to ask you questions because like Elise alluded to earlier, this is not something that most step parents get the opportunity to do. I mean, there's a lot of step parent podcasts out there and a lot of parenting podcasts out there but very rarely is there a moment where you can ask someone as a step kid who's actually been through it like what was this like what could we have done differently and we're so grateful to have you here because all we and everybody that follows us on Instagram, everybody that listens is trying to do is gain a little bit of empathy for your position, but then also try to not screw up as often or try to not repeat history and make the same mistakes as other stepmoms that have walked before us have possibly made. So some of the first questions that come up are, what was it like to meet a new parental figure? And did you have any expectations of me going into knowing that I was going to be around.
2: Yeah, so I think we might have a little bit of a unique situation because Bailey was the first girlfriend that my dad had introduced to us. I'm not sure if he had more before, but Bailey was definitely the first one, and he actually worked with Bailey, so I had known her or met her previously in passing, nothing too crazy, but she was almost like the the cool friend of dad's that we would be like, oh, Bailey, do you want to go to the movies with us or, oh, Bailey, we're going to the park this weekend. Do you want to come, you know? And I think that makes us kind of a unique situation because she almost blended seamlessly into it because we were more so, my brother and I were younger and we were looking for almost like a friend, you know? We were like, oh, this is dad's cool friend. So I think that is unique in that sense, but I don't think I necessarily had any expectations from Bailey because I almost saw her as a friend and just someone that me and my brother and my dad would go and hang out with on the weekends, um, or she would come over for dinner, things like that. So, I don't think I had any expectations for Bailey until I got a little bit older and she moved in with us and started taking on more of, like, the traditional mom role, like, making dinners for us. And cleaning it for us and doing the laundry for us. And then I think that's when us as stepkids start to take advantage um, and take for granted
0: the stepmother role. Okay, so this came up on, I think it was our last podcast. Inquiring minds would like to know, Do you do your own laundry now? Yes, I
2: actually texted Bailey as soon as I was done listening to that podcast and was like, listen, I do do my own laundry. (laughs) Just want to clarify that. While my mother did do my laundry for a while, as soon as I moved to college, I now do all of my own laundry.
0: Well, if it makes anybody, if it makes anyone feel any better, my parents, my grandfather will say, even like when they were in their late 20s and had two young kids they would bring piles of laundry to his house and be like um can you do this laundry for us so you know what you're ahead of the curve congrats
2: thank you i do have friends who still bring their laundry home every weekend from college and i'm like that's just too much effort honestly i can barely bring it up to the fourth floor to do my laundry like i don't want to lug it to my car and then bring it home and then bring it all the way back it just sounds like a lot of work yeah
1: So getting further into sort of the, the step parenting relationship, I think besides expectations, there are a handful of people that want to understand from you, like you had already kind of mentioned that I came in. Not as trying to be a parent, but as a friend and someone that you just liked being around. So when we were starting to form a bond and when you're thinking about other step parents trying to form a bond with their step kids, what are some things that you feel like would be helpful for them to do or perhaps even
2: not? I think in my personal experience, the most important thing is not trying to force any anything on stepkids, any interaction, any event. I think why myself and Bailey get along so well is that our interactions weren't necessarily forced and that's how we got to enjoy the time together. I think if you're forcing interactions with your significant other or even with yourself as step parents on to your stepkids, they may start to feel a little bit of resentment towards that because it may not be something that they're ready for and sometimes you're too young to verbalize that to your parents um and i've definitely come across that in my time so i feel like just being cognizant that your stepkids may not be ready for a new person to be introduced and that's perfectly okay I feel like that's part of the healing process in going through divorced parents but obviously there has to be a time where you introduce your um significant other to your kids um, and vice versa but just being cognizant of that and kind of dipping your toes in the water inch by inch I think is the most sound way to go about that. Completely
0: agree. So once you did meet Bailey, do you felt like it was hard for you to have a conversation with your mom about it or you guys openly talked about it and you could share feelings and... You know, like what did that look like on the other side?
1: And for the record, there's nothing you can say here that will offend me or hurt my feelings in any way. I just wanna throw that out there.
2: Yeah, so this was a tough one specifically for me because I was excited about the interactions that I was having with Bailey and my dad. So when I'd go over to my mom's house, because they have 50-50 shared custody, I'd go over there every week and I'd wanna be like, hey mom, I did this fun thing with Bailey and dad this weekend. And I could tell there was a mood shift or a mood change. And she, I could tell was uncomfortable with that. So I got into the habit of just not talking to her about anything regarding Bailey and my dad. And I think still to this day, it still upsets her. So I still um, just don't talk about it with her because I don't want to make her uncomfortable. And I also don't want there to be this tension between us. Um, But at the same time, like Bailey is just as much a part of my life as my mom is. I spend 50% of the time with Bailey and 50% of the time with my mom. And I can understand that she doesn't want to hear about her ex-husband and my stepmom. That's understandable, but I feel like some things in divorce, some sour feelings, need to be put aside for the well-being of your children. Because I think at the very end of the day, you're trying to preserve that relationship with your children and trying to better your relationship with your children without letting the negative feelings towards that ended marriage getting in the way of that. And I felt like I had to reserve myself in talking to my mom about anything regarding my dad or my stepmom.
0: So, you know, it's interesting, even though I'm not a child of divorce, I've talked about before that my grandparents have been divorced for like 35 years now. And I was talking to my grandmother a few months ago about some things that I had known about their divorce and how things had played out. And she was upset. And she didn't vocalize to me that, well, she vocalized that that wasn't how she remembered it. And there were some inaccuracies in what I had heard. And then my I had a conversation with my parents and the conversation between my parents and her had come up that she was trying to like legitimize or, you know, talk about how that wasn't accurate. But then also like, I don't know, it, it was just a very uncomfortable, weird conversation. And I'm like, even after 35 years, there's still like that pissing match. Right. And it's weird being on the other side of it because I've never really dealt with that. But I'm like, oh my gosh, well, is she going to be like upset that I brought that up to her now? And what's that going to look like? But I don't think, you know, you hope it goes away, but sometimes there's just that animosity and it doesn't. But I don't know. I've well, never been in that situation. So I was like over my head for sure. And I can tell you because I'm not
1: just stepmom, I'm also a stepkid and have two stepparents of my own. And my parents have been divorced for 32 years. And there's still weirdness and animosity between the two of them. And there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of reasons on both sides, I'm sure, as to why each individual feels the way that they feel and feels wronged. And everyone one of the things that I've learned just as part of starting this podcast, even, is that you, you really have to just normalize allowing people to feel what they feel regardless of whether or not your opinion is in agreement with that. Like, I don't have to agree with your feelings. Your feelings are your feelings. They're not mine. They're not somebody else's. If you feel them, you are right to feel them. And that's something that I've learned to embrace more as we've started this podcast and got gotten a lot of feedback from our audience about just let me feel the way I feel if I'm mad let me be mad if I'm sad let me be sad if I'm angry let me be angry and be cool with it so I think you know the same goes for any bio parent or any step parent I mean the the other part of that is is I can't there's nothing I can do to make that situation better except for just like be myself and just try to not rock the boat any further or do anything that would put anybody in a weird situation, if that makes any sense.
0: One of the things that I was told really early on in my professional career, and I feel like it transfers over to any sort of personal relationship is you have to appreciate people for who they are. And there's certain things about them that you're never going to be able to change. You have to accept that and you just have to love them through it. Even if you don't agree, that's, you go, it's like the mindset of taking the high road, I think, but you know, it's one of those things that even though it's hard for me as a granddaughter with divorced grandparents, I still love them both. And I know that they both had shortcomings through hard situations they dealt with and I love them regardless. So that's, I think a a big takeaway that a lot of people could probably benefit from. I agree. Some of the other questions
1: that we got were about, like, a lot of stepmoms just want to know, what should I not do? (laughs) Like, what are things that I can do to help? And what are things that I shouldn't do? Because I feel like another thing that I've learned is a lot of things that stepmoms feel like they should be doing are oftentimes perceived completely differently. Like, they sometimes feel like they should, when they move into a household, automatically assume a mother role. And they assume that they should automatically be able to discipline their stepkids. And that when I'm looking at things that I'm asking myself, like, is that a should do or shouldn't do? I think I have the same questions too. And I'm sure a lot of our audience is wondering from your perspective, Zoe, what are things that come to mind for you when someone asks you, what should a step-parent never do with their step-kid?
2: Well, first and foremost, I want to tell all of you step-parents out there that as a step-kid, your faults that you think are there, step-kids don't really notice because most times we're too young or we're too involved in our own little fantasy world with school, with drama, with boys, whatever, that us as kids, we're not really looking at how is bailey doing as a step parent today you know like that's not our job we're not there to assess bailey i'm not her manager you know like i'm not <laughs> giving her a scorecard at the end of each day so i think with that if you feel like you're doing something wrong or you feel like you're making a mistake i think you should give yourself some grace because while you think you might be doing something wrong or you feel lost or any of those negative feelings towards your role as a step parent, I feel like you should probably find a little solace and grace in that your step kids probably think that you're doing a great job, and they're probably not thinking about the shortcomings that you think you had in one day, like maybe not doing the laundry or not doing the dishes. I promise you that they're probably not thinking about any of those things. Yeah. Do
1: people really measure like motherhood by like you didn't do the dishes today or you refused to fold my laundry? You're a terrible mom. Like I don't. I don't know. Maybe there's some some really entitled kids that think that way, but if your kids are that entitled, you need to do a little self-reflection anyways. But we're so self-critical of our own skills and our own positioning in the household. And I think especially as a stepmom, we are hypercritical about how we're perceived. But there, I think there are some things, like if I would have come in, and I mean, there's, there's a reason our podcast is titled Step Monster, and it is because there are plenty of step-moms out there that get that reputation, but I think a lot of it is being misunderstood and approaching things in the wrong way. So if I were to come in to the house household when I moved in and immediately start, like, giving marching orders and trying to completely change how the household would have been run, would that have been disruptive for you?
2: Oh, for sure. I think that one thing that Bailey did really well is when she did come into our household, she didn't take on that strong disciplinary figure. She now has that as she's rightfully earned it, but she definitely took it a lot slower, and I know that was hard for her because she is a very strong-minded, very independent woman (laughs) and I know that that was probably hard for her to try and put her thoughts and her feelings on the back burner but I appreciate her for that because I feel that as if she were to come into our household and potentially disrupt the already kind of interesting dynamic that we had I think that would have brought tension into our household and potentially tension between our relationship with her so I think that's something to be mindful of as a step parent coming into a household with kids that are not your own, as well as just being mindful of the situation that your stepkids are also going through and having empathy. I know that that's hard, because it's hard to put yourself in that position and it's also hard to remove yourself from the difficult step parent position that you are in and I understand that it can be frustrating but one thing that I wish that stepparents would not do is take out their anger and frustration on the stepkids because while it was not your I guess idea to become a stepparent no one grows up (laughs) wanting to be a stepparent that's not something people wish to be Mm -mm. and you never know the situation that you're going to be put in into you get into it. But us as kids, we also didn't ask to be stepkids. We didn't ask to have our parents divorced and we didn't ask to have a new parent figure introduced into our lives. So I think that's one thing that I wish that step parents would do more often is just empathize with the position that their stepkids are also being put in and also keeping mind of that when making decisions and such.
0: So that leads me into, I mean, I could ask you a million questions, but from the empathy standpoint, I've always wondered how my stepdaughters felt, not only a transitioning between two households and how hard that must be with everything, like with the different dynamics, but also moving. So when you move from one house to the other, so like say, you know, when being and your dad sold the house that you grew up in, was it more difficult for you? Or do you feel like that was like just the normal, like if your parents would have moved? So maybe you could talk a little bit about about those two things, not only moving physically, one parent having a different household, but then navigating between the two households, just the dynamic shift week to week.
2: Yeah, so I think moving in general, um, when my parents did get divorced, my mom moved into an apartment and my dad stayed in the home that I grew up in as a child. And that's when Bailey first moved in with us. And with my mom, I moved around a couple of times before she found a relatively permanent household situation. But to me, I don't think it felt as different. I had never moved with my parents, at least not that I could remember. So to me, moving was almost exciting because I was like, oh, I get to pick up my room. I get to decorate something new. At my first apartment at my mom's, I had a walk-in closet, and I was, like, 13, and I was ecstatic. Like, I was so excited, you know? So I feel that was probably an easier part for me because I had never moved in my lifetime so it was almost like a, a new step in my life and it was even exciting moving out of that childhood home and moving into the home that Bailey and my dad have now because it was almost like leaving all of those almost like negative emotions tied with like my parents divorce because I lived with them until I was I think 12 or 13. So I still had a lot of memories and emotions tied up in that house as one should but But I think it was nice to leave that house and start new in a new space with Bailey and my dad as almost just a new family.
1: And now that we are in two houses, obviously your mom ended up buying a house and you guys have been there for a couple of years now. Uh, And we've we've lived in our house for, I think it's coming up on five years this year. It's crazy. But you still, up until you moved away to college, which for those that don't know, she lives in the dorms right now. She's a, a sophomore in college and has lived in the dorms. This will be her second year doing so. But up until that point, and actually even still sometimes when you're not at the dorms or when you're on breaks or something, you still are following the 50-50 custody agreement because your brother still follows that, at least for the next year. So, what was it like for you going back and forth between the two households, and what were the things that were most challenging for you?
2: I did not like going back between two households. That was my almost main reason I was excited for college, because I was like, yes, I get my own space. I don't have to pack a suitcase every weekend. I can just have everything in one place. If I forget something at dad's, I don't have to go to dad's in the middle of the week and try and retrieve it. It's all gonna be in one space. You know, I think the most challenging part for me was as a teenager, I think I cycled through the same like five outfits each week. So for each week going back and forth, I had to pack a suitcase because I did not have those clothes, like two sets of those clothes at my dad's and my mom's. So I had to pack everything, same with like makeup. I had to pack all my makeup. Same with like a sh- hair straightener or a hair curler, you know? Those are the things that most people don't have two of. So I had to pack a bag every weekend and then lug it in the car. It looked like I was moving out every single weekend with the amount of suitcases and bags and backpacks and chargers and it looked like I was just getting ready to go on a trip to New York or something for a week. Like it was crazy. And I was super tired of having to lug all my stuff and try and pack it and do laundry on every Sunday. And what was also challenging for me was the shift in house dynamic. Each week because my dad's house is very different from my mom's house in the sense of the household dynamic the responsibilities um, us as kids have and our rules basically and sometimes it's hard to shift into a different like headspace every week and try and adjust it's basically like adjusting to a new environment every week going back and forth between houses and that was something that I did not enjoy and honestly still do not enjoy.
0: I yeah, feel I, like you would feel like a rogue traveler. Like if I had to put myself in your shoes or any stepkid who's transitioning back and forth, I would never feel like I was at home, right? I would always feel like I was on the move, like, okay, what do I have to remember next? Just like you said. And every every co-parenting situation where you have stepkids who even if it's like they're with you on the weekend, there's stuff that's forgotten or that, you know, needs to be shuffled back and forth and there's items that are misplaced and It's hard enough as an adult to have communications back and forth with, okay, what was forgotten? And how are we going to make sure we coordinate to get it back? But as a kid, like, that's your stuff. And I can't imagine you feeling like, well, like, when am I going to get my shit back? Or like, when am I going to have just all the stuff I need in one place all the time? So I completely empathize and understand how going to college, even though I did not want to live in the dorm because hashtag flip flops in the shower. I don't know if you're doing that. That would be so hard. And I think that one of the biggest things that I empathized with early on. So I love traveling, but I like also having all my shit at home.
1: Uh same. Yes. Agreed. That would that would be hard. I so when I was growing up, I spent summers with my dad. My dad for context lives in Taipei, Taiwan. And so when they were they got divorced when I was one and starting at age four I traveled to Taiwan every summer and I would go there for the entire summer so two to three months and would come back and I remember my mom told me like the older that I got that I was a nightmare when I got back like talk about living in two different environments and two different households like go ahead send your kid to a full another country for three months and see what happens when they come back because not only does my dad live in another country but he lives a completely different lifestyle he was a restaurant owner and a chef and taught me how to make the best martinis from age 14. So, if that tells you anything about what my childhood was like while I visited there, you would know that it is extremely different than my childhood was here. So, my mom would say I would come back, like, unmannered, like, belching at the table, which, by the way, in Asian culture, is a compliment to the chef. And my dad was a chef, so that was entirely acceptable. But I can't even imagine having to have that dynamic shift on a weekly basis. Like, my mom would have wanted to chew her arm off. I was so poorly behaved with her when I came back from visiting my dad. (laughs) I can't I can't even imagine but that I mean that's it's a little bit crazy right like I've got to imagine too that not just going back and forth between households but going back and forth just between parents and as a stepkid you you probably at some point felt obligated to and you've already kind of alluded to this but like being mindful of of everybody else's feelings but some of the questions that we had asked and I know some of the questions Elise that you had had even were have you ever felt like you were just kind of like in the middle of everybody and you had to be this like peace keeper and a lot of us want to know like what can we do to avoid that none of us want to make our stepkids feel like they're forced to choose between parents but I have to imagine and even having been in that situation myself for a good period of my life like I did feel like I was in the middle a lot and I didn't know how to keep the peace but did you ever feel that way?
2: Yeah, and I honestly still feel this way sometimes. Sometimes I allude myself to my brother's third guardian because I feel like I'm a parent to him at some times. I like go pick up his medicine or I'll take his medicine from one parent's household to the next, or I will pick him up from school and I'll lug him from one household to the next, or I'll take him to work or I'll pick him up from work, etc., etc. the list goes on. And I feel like I'm also kind of the middleman to both of my parents. Sometimes my parents will be like, hey, can you tell dad this? Can you tell mom this? Can you relay this information information and I think that's a large reason why I do feel like I'm put in the middle as well as the Tension between my parents in some aspects. I feel like I can't talk to my mom about some things um, Regarding Bailey and my dad and sometimes the same with my dad So it's almost like a balancing act of me trying to filter myself around different parents and around different dynamics because obviously I don't want to offend anyone I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, but at the same time I feel like I have feelings and thoughts that deserve to be heard and to be reciprocated by my family members and sometimes I feel like I can't do
0: that in fear of hurting someone else's feelings. This is such a common thing, I think, even outside of and I don't want to downplay. I think as a step kid, it's so heightened. And when you're pitted between two parents and you feel like you can't communicate, I've never like I've never been in that situation. I can't imagine how that feels. I'm sure it would be super stressful. But even as an adult, when I feel pitted between two different folks and like, what's the avenue I'm going to take that's going to make everyone happy? and that i'm not going to have any backlash based on what my opinion might be that's hard and for for kids, teens, you know, everyone that's not even I've been thinking at college age, like you're still kind of at the whim of dealing with different dynamics and you really don't have a full choice because you're you're just coming of age into your adulthood and so people really don't take you seriously even though they should because you feel like you're such an adult. I remember feeling that way for sure. It's hard and that's I don't have the right answer. I don't know that anyone really would, to be honest with you, because that's just a normal human dynamic, but gets heightened when you're in between a mom and a dad and and two different households. So that sucks.
1: It does. But
0: sounds like you're dealing with it very well. You're very well rounded. Thank you. I feel like. I
2: haven't personally experienced this, but I have heard about it, and I feel like the most detrimental thing you could do to your kid or your stepkid to make them feel like they're in the middle is by talking bad about the other parent in front of them because then they feel like they are in the middle because they can't choose sides. Or if Mm -hmm. they do choose sides, one might take offense, etc., etc. So, if you do have something bad to say about about the other parent, say it behind closed doors, or don't say it at all especially not in front of the stepkid or your biological kid that could potentially share that with the other side and cause more rift and it just puts us in a bad spot, I think.
0: Well, Bailey and I have talked about this on other episodes, but it's that idea of if you're to say something bad about the kids, that's their parent is the other half of them. And so then inherently, they are going to feel like you feel that way a little bit about who they are because they share DNA. So like, just never do that ever. And you said do it behind closed doors. Yeah. I mean, even then it's like, I feel like the more that you focus negative energy on bad mouthing the other side, the more that just inherently encompasses you and your mentality. So just try to be positive and try to like understand and be empathetic. And that goes for not only the stepkids, but for the other co-parent. I always try to put myself in the shoes of everyone that I'm touching in a relationship base. So. Yeah, I agree. I kind of took a cue from my mom and one of my mom's rules
1: early on was never say anything bad about the other parent. So your dad and I had the same rule. We're like, there, nothing good can come of that. It will further put your kids in the middle, even more so than than what they already feel. So we made a rule of that and really, really try really hard, even to this day, to my opinions are my opinions alone. And regardless of whether or not I agree or disagree, it is not my place to to speak to any of that. It's just, there's nothing good that can come of it. It's not productive. And eventually, I've said this, I think a hundred times on our podcast, like your stepkids will form their own opinions. The older they get, they will see some of the things that you've struggled with without you ever even having to say that. And they'll start to learn on their own the dynamic that is true and that exists in a co-parenting situation and let them come to that. And like, even if they don't ever realize that, that's fine too. Like they're their own person and they're human beings that deserve a view of their own and an opinion of their own. And whatever that ends up being is beyond your control. So doing things that could be counterproductive to that is only going to hurt your relationship with your stepkids, it's not helpful.
0: For sure, I completely agree. I have a question. Did you ever have resentment having divorced parents compared to your friends who did not?
2: I actually did not. I think part of it was that I was so young when my parents did get divorced and I don't think when I was that young, I was too concerned about my other friends' parent dynamics, you know? And even then, I did have that quote-unquote normal parent dynamic at one point, so I understood and it wasn't out of the norm for me because I had experienced that before. Honestly, I think my friends might have felt resentment towards me when I was bragging about how many Christmas gifts I got (laughs) because I had two different sets of Christmases from both sides of the family and I was like, guys, guess what? Perks of being a divorced child you know like i get two christmases it's basically double the gift same with birthdays it's double the gifts you get a gift from your mom and a gift from your dad when you would have gotten one gift from the both of them which is kind of a childish and selfish way of looking at it but like i think that's what children are more interested in they're like yeah maybe we don't go out as a family but like two christmases like who doesn't want two christmases It's not all doom and gloom.
0: It's not all terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think you're looking at the silver lining, right? So you have to do that, honestly. Like, silver lining of a negative situation is... I get extra presents. But another question that, once you started to talk about that, popped up in my mind is, what did it feel like when you met Bailey's family and what was that like for you as a step Um, I think it was it was a little
2: bit awkward, I'm not gonna lie, just because it was like, almost like meeting, like, your your significant other's parents, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, like, hey, uh, thanks for inviting me into your home. Like, it was just kind of, like, weird and formal and obviously, like, I didn't know these people. Obviously, I was cool with Bailey, you <laughs> but didn't know them or know how to interact with them, especially since they're older. They're more like, almost like grandparent age, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's like almost having a different set of grandparents that you're introduced to, but I think we quickly got comfortable with each other. And now I call them grandma and grandpa (laughs) just to spite them sometimes because it's funny. It was definitely a little bit awkward, but once again, as you continue to build relationships, everything comes more naturally. So once I was immersed in that environment,
0: I think it was easier for me me to build relationships with them as well that's honestly you know I I would assume that's how that would go because you're right it is like dating like you're meeting this new family and you're like oh my god I gotta like put on my best foot or like But even as a kid, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going to act out because I don't give a shit about this. But okay, promise. Last question. And this one's a little awkward. So you can totally feel free to say not going to answer that. But when you were uncertain of whether your mom would be remarried and have other kids and when you met Bailey and if your dad and Bailey would have kids. Like, what went through your mind as a kid? I think as a kid, I was almost excited
2: at the opportunity because when my brother was born, I think I was, like, three. So, couldn't really be, like, an older sister in, like, the sense of, like, taking care of them, so that being like, oh, like, I could potentially have other family members was kind of an exciting situation. Obviously, now I know that I will not have any other siblings, Mm-mm. which now I'm very thankful for. I do not want any other siblings. I'm good. My dad jokes that he wanted a third sibling, and my mom put the kaposh on that, and I'm glad that she did because I cannot imagine our household with one other child, but I, as a kid, I think I wasn't really thinking about that I don't think that that really crossed my mind until like you know my dad and Bailey had been together for a while and then even then I'd learned some other information about my parents that would not allow them to have any more kids so I was like great great that's great I'm good with that (laughs) yeah that was one time when she was after like the 15th
1: time saying like when are you guys gonna give me a little brother or sister and we were like yeah dude he snipped it's not ever happening
2: (laughs) that conversation did happen yes and then I was like all right well what about a dog
0: and then we got a dog So, hilarious story. And I don't think I've told this before, but before I knew I was pregnant with our son and my husband and I were living together, my youngest stepdaughter came up to me and literally, she put like binoculars on my belly and she goes, I see a baby in there. And I'm not joking you. Like a month later, we found out we were pregnant. And I was like, this girl is psychic. What? That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? So... Then she would joke around like after the fact and be like, are you pregnant? And I'm like, silence your mouth. Do not let those words trickle out because this uterus is closed up for shop. I'm out. But she was like, totally. She was the foreshadowing of us finding out we're pregnant. It was crazy.
1: That is nuts.
0: Isn't that fun? It's kind of fun, though.
1: It is fun. So, there's a couple of final questions that I want to make sure we get to because I think they're really cute. One of them is, do you have any favorite memories growing up
2: with a step parent? Um, this is gonna sound cheesy, but, like, I think my favorite memory is just, like, having you in my life because, I don't know, I can't imagine myself in the position that I am today without Bailey because she has helped me so much in almost every aspect of my life, whether that's dating advice. She did write a couple of essays for me for school. Mm -hmm. She's helped me edit resumes. She's helped me apply for jobs. She has helped me in so many different ways that I think just all build towards just one great memory. And I think none really stand out to me just because I think I've had such a fun time with Bailey since I've met her that it just all, it's like one fun, she's like the cool aunt, you know? That's (laughs) what I call her, she's like the cool aunt. I tell her everything.
1: (laughs) I will totally take that title. I love it. Uh, Another question was whether or not you wish things could have turned out any differently. Or like if you wished looking back, if you had a crystal ball to say, I wish my parents would have never gotten divorced. I wish this could have gone differently. I wish I didn't have 50-50 custody and have to go between two households. Like would you, looking back, would you change anything? and if so, what?
2: I don't think so. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, and now that I am an adult, and I can look back, I understand that my parents' divorce was for the best, and I still stand by that. Like, there's a reason why you go through divorce. There's a reason why it's so expensive, and it's because it's, you gotta be determined, you know? Like, it's gotta be a decision that you want in the long haul, and I think, honestly, it was the best for our family, in a sense, just because of, I just remember a kid waking up in the middle of night listening to like my dad and my mom's arguments one time my dad literally slept in my twin bed with me because he didn't want to sleep with my mom And like, those are the things that like, I do remember from my childhood and they're not exactly positive memories, but those are the things that stick with you. So looking back on it, I think that I don't think I would change anything because of how content I am with my life, how content I am with my dynamic, while it isn't perfect, nothing's really perfect. And I can't think of one thing that I would change right now.
0: Do you think that understanding probably more than you should have at a young age, it will help you at all in your future relationships?
2: Oh, for sure. I think from that I learned what I do and do not want in a partner based on how I've seen like my dad and Bailey and my mom and her significant others and even my mom and my dad interact with each other. I think I've learned a lot about relationship dynamics and in a sense that's been helpful. And I think I've also learned a lot about myself and how I perceive like different feelings and emotions, especially surrounding my parents and my household dynamic. And I think that has forced me to grow up in a faster way than most kids do, but I'm very thankful for it. And I think I'm a better person because of it. Guys, she's only 20 years old. (laughs) She's over here
1: talking. She's so
0: smart. She's so smart talking with the maturity of someone who's like 10 years older. If I could have had the mindset that you had, even at 20, I don't think I had the mindset that you had until I was like 26, if I'm giving myself extra credit. (laughs) Really, until I had a kid and I was like, had my own child and, you know, or even like raising stepkids and you have to throw yourself into this dynamic of parenthood. You're very mature beyond your years and you're super smart. We so appreciate you coming on and being willing to. And honestly, your commentary when you're sending us private messages and stuff. I die laughing so continue that. Of course. You're amazing. Thank you. I'm so glad that I got to participate in this and even if it helps
2: just one step parent or one step kid listening it's worth it to me because I feel like I have a different insight than most people do and I'm happy that I got to share that today.
1: We are so thankful. So thank you so much. I love you so much. Love you so much. And if you are listening and you want to follow along and engage even further, as a reminder, our Instagram is at stepmonsterpodcast. Our Gmail is stepmonsterpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us anytime you want. We also offer one-on-one coaching sessions. You can find that link in our Instagram bio. And we are excited to hear from you.
2: Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)